Hey there, and welcome to Leading Change Conversations, the podcast where we tackle real-life challenges with leaders like you to make changes a breeze. In this episode, we look into how to perform the transition from being a manager to becoming a leader and how to accompany a team that is not yours on an interim basis. I am Ulrike Seminati, I'm your host, and I train, coach, and inspire leaders and leadership teams to turn into successful change agents, to communicate with impact, and to lead with authenticity. So now, let me introduce you to our amazing guest, Birgit Eberle. Birgit is a passionate talent acquisition expert, an advocate of innovation and creativity. With a high interest in people, accessibility, but above all, openness, she wants to make a positive contribution to the continuous development of talent acquisition. Welcome, Birgit. Hi, Ulrike. So very, so very good being here today. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thank you for being on this show and to look into a very specific case that is yours personally. Do you want to explain to our listeners what your situation is? Sure, most definitely. Thanks, Ulrike. So hi, everyone. My name is Birgit. And as Ulrike mentioned, I am leading the team focusing on talent management and recruiting for a Zurich-based recruitment agency. Being now in a situation where my partner team, basically the client-side facing team, is without a leader as we are currently still recruiting, I am finding myself to be uh, asked by my boss to support her in leading this team facing the client side on an ad interim basis. And now this is a bit of a predicament for me, mainly because I am myself new in this role and new to the company. So having this very short onboarding phasing before already jumping into the position of ad interim leading a team that you are actually not even responsible for, uh, I find it to be a tricky situation. So what I mean exactly is that in our agency, we are focusing on either the client side or the candidate side. I myself have been brought into the company to focus on the candidate side, and I'm going to build up my own team within the next couple of months. However, we already have a good base of employees focusing on the candidate side. And now my boss is facing the challenge to not have enough time to operatively support the team. Hence, she asks me and expects me being part of the management team to support her in this function. However, I'm finding the team members to not be very open to this, firstly, because they do not see me as an equal when it comes to their expertise being on the client side of things. And secondly, because obviously I have been brought in to do a different kind of work. And for me now, the very tricky part is to meet the expectations of my boss in supporting her in leading this team on an ad interim basis. And secondly, I came to realize that every so often I tend to be a manager even though I personally would like to be a leader. Mm -hmm. I like this distinction between manager and leader. How do you define that? That's a super question, Ulrike, and I've asked myself the very same question on the various occasions. Well, honestly, for me, um, someone who manages things is someone who 
very closely monitors uh, processes, very closely monitors performance of employees, of colleagues. And I personally think a leader is someone who does not do these things, but is a partner for someone, is a sparing partner, is a person to contact when there are questions, when there are unclarities. So it's pretty much not running behind the team and driving them to do their best, but more or less stand beside the team and accompany them on their way to their success. That for me is a leader. I, however, tend to manage, meaning I tend to control. I tend to not delegate things, but rather do it myself, which of course then somehow denies my team to grow because I do the tasks myself, however I could involve them. I tend to make decisions without gathering feedback or input. And that for me is managing and not leading. And I really want to be the leader who asks for opinions, who makes decisions based on a contribution of thoughts and expertise. Um, and yeah, maybe our conversation today will help me find, have those aha moments. Would you say that when it comes to leading people instead of managing them, that you are doing this more or better with the team, which is really yours? Honestly, I think it is a bit easier for me to lead my actual team because I have the opportunity to also spend more time with them and collaborate with them on a daily basis and have more insights in their tasks, in their expertise. So basically, I get to know them better. And I tend to find myself not being able to do these things or to do these leadership things when not knowing the team very well, not having the time to understand each and everyone's strengths, weaknesses, passions. And whenever not having these informations, I find myself coming back into this role of a manager. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, for me, let's be honest, managing is, is easier. Um, it's quicker. You don't need other people to do that. You can just do it. I think leading people is the real challenge. And, and I want to I tackle that. Mm -hmm. And to make that shift, you mentioned very often the word control. Very, mm -hmm. Not very often, but a few times. A few yeah. Times. yeah. Uh, I, I heard it very well from you. And it seems that, like you said, also managing is easier. It has to do with keeping control. Because obviously, when you say to people what they have to do, when you think before what would be the right next step or action that we have to take individually as a team, you tell them that. And by this, like you also very rightly say, you said you deny them from their own growth because then they cannot find their own solutions and cannot up with their own ideas anymore because you already took that space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you say, if you now look into the resistance that you go get from your ad interim team, yeah, where you do this less than with your current team leading instead of managing, mm -hmm. would you say that you do that there even more often because you have this feeling of you, you're not having the control with them and you want to gain it? And this is why you have this tendency to be more of a manager instead of a leader with them? Absolutely. Yeah. Very well put, Ulrike. I think having thought about the past weeks very often um, in order to 
realize myself, okay, which path do I want to head down to? What is it that is also disturbing me at the moment? What is it that uh, holds me back in my role as leader? I definitely agree with what you've just said. I find myself to manage whenever I'm not having the control. And that for me is probably also something I do privately, you know, when, when thinking about my relationships with friends or my partner, whenever I feel I'm losing control because I might not know certain circumstances, I might not have been there myself, I might have, you know, just have heard things. I could even say I might fear of not being fully involved, therefore not having the full control, and then I start to manage because then I, I, I can start gaining control again quicker than just taking a step back and let things happen and see and see what happens. What would be the worst thing, the worst that can happen to you if you completely give up this control with your ad interim team? Super question, Ulrike. And thinking about that, It makes me smile, as you can see. And the reason why it makes me smile is nothing worse can happen. Nothing worse can happen other than people having a chance to find out themselves what works and what doesn't. And ideally then report it back to me. Or, you know, I'm using the word reporting. Uh, I should have used communicating back to me, right? So long story short, Ulrike, I think nothing really bad can happen when I'm not in control. Actually, thinking about it now, it could only have the positive impact uh, for me to let loose and to, to gain freedom, more time. So thinking about it, love the question. Already my first aha moment there. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Because, you know... Well, just with a few minutes we speak now, I have the impression that, and you can say if it's right or if it's wrong, I have the impression that the resistance from your interim team mainly comes from that because they feel that mm -hmm. you want to have the control. Mm -hmm. So they resist to it and then they find a kind of rational reason for that in the sense that you're not an expert of the client side, you're an expert of the talent acquisition side. So I think she's not even an expert in our area, but once we have all of this control, I don't want her to give that control. Mm -hmm. Also depending very much on who is in that team, because you also said something before, which is logical, that you know the strengths, weaknesses, motivations, and all of that of your real team, your, mm -hmm. where you are actually the line manager, much, much better because you spend much more time with them also already mm -hmm. in the past and certainly today than of your interim team. So it's kind of you apply something there. I have the impression that gives you the illusion of having control or mm -hmm. having some, some security here, security about uh, the outcomes or the deliverables that you can, can manage with this team. Whereas It would all be about creating more connection with the human beings there. Mm -hmm. And like you said, stepping back a bit, letting loose, like you say, give a bit of space <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and let just happen whatever happens. So I mm -hmm. think the moment of understanding, well, there is no disaster that will come up if I do that. Yeah. First thing, I can try it out. That's, I think, a very important understanding. We look into this. How can you try that out? You know. Yes, I would love that. <laughs> Let's look into that. So what could be a good approach, in your opinion? Think about a concrete situation that is coming up very soon, maybe tomorrow already, mm -hmm. where you think, okay, there I can act differently. 
on to what I did before? What could be something like that? Interesting question. And I think there are obviously plenty of opportunities to think of. Something that comes to my mind immediately is that we are currently facing the scenario that we are delivering to our clients a, a service whenever we have the um, exclusive right on recruiting a role, which means that we do send progress reports, so to speak. And the format of the document we used to send to our clients has not been very well thought through. Respectively, there was a lot of room to improve, improve right? Uh, today in the morning, I had an interesting conversation. And uh, funnily enough, it really actually happened today, where one of the team members of the ad interim team I'm supporting told me or fed back to me that the format does not meet clients' expectations and that the person doesn't feel comfortable sending out this document because it just doesn't really make sense, right? What's the what's the added value of what we do? And I immediately started, you know, thinking and 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 thinking about possible scenarios on how to change the way of the document or what to do next. And then I stopped myself because I realized I'm already again starting to solving the problem by myself which I don't have to. So what I did instead, and um, I'm quite happy that I managed to do it, was it took a step back. I let loose. I accepted that there was a false in what we do. I didn't take it personally. Instead, I said to my colleague, well, thank you so much for your input. And I absolutely agree. What would be your recommendation? Which information would you feel comfortable sharing with your client? How would you like to present this document to your client? And at the end of the day, we collaborated. And uh, the outcome is already there. And we have a document we both feel comfortable with. And the good thing is the client already gave positive feedback as well. So maybe a first success story to answer your question. Yes, exactly. It's exactly that. So you you gave away the control. You gave the empowerment to the person to find the solution, especially if they are even more the expert in the field than you are anyway. So then it makes absolutely sense. And and like you said, and this is important to understand too, it saved time at the end because the thing is already implemented. You remember when you said in the beginning that leading is more time consuming than managing? Mm -hmm. Here you yeah, true. Yeah, you deliver the exact opposite example, actually. True. Yeah. Yeah. Very good observation. You know, when you are still in the learning progress on how to actually lead and not manage, because obviously it is time consuming in realizing, stepping back, letting loose, let other people think. I think it's more the self-awareness, the energy that it takes to realize and to reflect and to be aware of who am I at the moment or, or who do I want to be? Yeah, exactly. And you say something super important here, which is this awareness of who you are. Yeah. Because in the beginning, when you spoke about, and let's, let's look into this leading versus managing piece a little bit deeper, leading is rather the dimension of being how you are, who you are as a leader, bringing in 
sometimes in a very subtle way, your own convictions, values, or motivations without dropping them onto people, but coming from an authentic place of being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Managing is a purely doing thing. Like you said as well, you think mm -hmm. about actions, you define the actions, you tell people what they have to do, you remind them what they have to do. Actually, when we manage people, what we really do is we manage tasks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And many leaders manage tasks executed by people instead of leading the people. Then it's about more understanding who they are. Like you said, strengths, weaknesses, motivations, what are they afraid of? What do they appreciate? Mm -hmm. We are all driven by many, many fears also at work and being mm -hmm. clear about what people shy away from, you know, creating a new form, like the example which you gave for clients. Yeah. But as you enable the person to go for it herself or himself, it was possible that this new form or this new thing was embraced immediately because they shaped it. And understanding that you can help people to embrace whatever is new, whatever they want to bring in as a new task, a new action can come from them because you help them to find solutions rather than bringing it to the table will certainly help a lot to gain more acceptance with that team, especially as they don't see you as the expert in their field. Mm-hmm. But then it's really rather about positioning yourself with not trying to take space and impose yourself, but rather coming in with this intention of, yeah, I want just to help them find solutions easier themselves. And mm -hmm. I completely step back with whatever my ideas are. I'm only here like a mediator, a facilitator of ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I see my role. And mm -hmm. that's a shift. And you can also apply to your existing team, obviously. I think leaders who do that are the best leaders because they mm -hmm. give space to ideas and they give space to the strengths of the team members. Yep. How you describe yourself in the beginning, it was, it was more about having the control of things because then you can be sure about outcomes that you generate. And instead of having that, what would be another way of how you describe yourself as a leader? I think I see myself as the facilitator. I know that one of my strengths is to create a safe environment for people to be, for people to share ideas, for people to contribute, to speak their mind. And I believe that when I'm focusing more on this leadership side of things, I manage to become this facilitator in more situations on a daily basis. Because at the very moment, I, I, I can't be this facilitator because of my restraints that I give myself of controlling things. And I forget my facilitator role and I become this manager. And I think the more I really openly observe myself, I want to be this facilitator because this is where growth happens. You know, when people share ideas, when people start collaborating and because not only do you get a lot of different ideas, a lot of different expertise, but you also get satisfied employees. Mm -hmm. And I think adding these things together as the result of me being, being the facilitator, or let's call it more casual, being the host of collaboration, I personally see my path to head down this road. So what I think is that exactly like you probably did it in the story you told before, the success example, mm -hmm. it's about having interest in what the other person has to say and in asking mm -hmm. questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really in asking questions. You know, when you have on your lips and on your mind a statement, 
mm-hmm. something you want to bring in, your opinion, your solution, you know, these kind of things, you will, you will bite your lips and we will not say it. And mm-hmm. say, no, I will not say it. I will ask a question in this regard and see what the other person is saying. So switching and shifting from giving answers right away mm-hmm. to asking questions and having the patience of listening to the answers. And when you see the person struggles with the answer, you might want to ask the question in a different way or give them a bit of a different perspective so that they can find an answer. And really the ultimate and last solution, if there's absolutely no way of finding one, is that you give your opinion at the end. Yeah. 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 Only if, it's, if nothing's coming on the other yeah. side, which can happen, obviously. But I yeah. don't think it will. I think that people are very happy to speak mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So I would say the most important tool from moving from a manager to becoming a leader is to ask questions and value the fact that you ask questions as this is actually your input. Your input is not the answers. Your input is asking questions. And like you say, by this, you create a safe environment if then you also show really interest. And it's probably when you spoke about honesty, you know, that you show interest, genuine interest. Mm -hmm into what they have to say. Showing this interest will create connection. And then they will be in the situation and in this, yeah, it's nearly an emotion of feeling like, hey, I, I as a team member, am kind of in the lead of being the expert here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Because I'm listened mm-hmm. by her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this will break the resistance that you have now. And you can really shift that by just being very strict on yourself and self-observing that you are yep. not giving any expertise answers yeah. or think would be expertise answers. <laughs> Let's bring it down in the last few minutes that we have to the next situation that is coming up where you can act differently. So basically what happens at the moment is with my actual team, I have one-to-one talks each week. With the ad interim team, I do not have any one-to-one discussions. However, I do have a weekly stand-up meeting, somewhat related to the whole idea of Scrum and the Agile mythology. So this this is what I have with the ad interim team, this weekly stand-up. Mm-hmm. What can you do differently and how will this concretely look like <laughs> in the next stand-up meeting that you have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, a good question. And I honestly, I ask myself that very same because when I first thought to initiate this weekly stand-up, I took the exact definition of the weekly stand-up. So, you know, when having the Scrum Weekly Stand-Up, it says that this is a a very short meeting. It's not to discuss. It's really just to share. And I implemented the Weekly Stand-Up by telling my colleagues that each person has roughly five minutes to talk about his or her biggest achievements, biggest failure, and biggest challenge over the course of the past uh, couple of days. Mm-hmm. However, there is no room for discussion. It is just to purely state the obvious. I somehow gather the impression, though, that mm, the, 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 the interim team really would love to have this platform to share and exchange know-how, right? And that, again, was a situation where I thought to myself, you know, why bluntly sticking to this by definition weekly stand-up because on the other hand scrum and agile really says do what is best for your team 
right? So why not take the, the, the feedback or even ask their feedback? How would you want to have those meetings structured? Is something that is my very first concrete task I'm going to take away from, from also this call today. Fantastic idea. Because what I think is like it was structured or has been structured so far, it could feel to them as it, they just deliver information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It could feel to them that they have to report to you what they have done. So it mm -hmm. feels like, ah, she just comes in to control us in this meeting and that's it. And there's no added value to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a very good idea that you ask them how they want to have this meeting, especially when you have already heard it's more about you want to exchange, you want to have a know-how exchange and maybe the ideas of others because you might be stuck. Or I, as an individual team member, am stuck with something. I would like to have the input from the others of the team. And what you can do is, first of all, you ask what they want. Mm -hmm. And if it goes into this direction, which is highly likely, then it's about how you will behave if you then have a know-how exchange session. What will you do then? How will you act in this session? Yeah, well, how will I act? So basically, I think there is two things I would like to do. The first one is I would like to start off the next first meeting by explaining the new direction, taking this 30 minutes as a know-how exchange platform whatsoever. And then I would like to mention we have 30 minutes. We are XYZ team members. So that le leaves everyone with XY minutes. Fill those minutes however you want to fill them. What will you not do during the meeting? Tell them what to tell me. Yes. <laughs> what else? I won't say anything. <laughs> I'm going to be completely quiet. I'm going to ju just listen. It's maybe a bit radical, but, but roughly that's it when it comes to giving opinions. Hold yourself really back from giving any opinions, yeah. but, but ask questions. Just see yourself in the role, like you said in the beginning, facilitating yeah. it. That's mm -hmm. the role. Yeah. Not leading it from a perspective of expertise or something like that. Try that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Over time, you can find more balance between, you know, never ever sharing your opinion because obviously you also sure. have valuable opinions. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No. I would really start from moving completely to the other side of not giving opinions, only asking questions, only facilitating, giving them the space. You might yeah. want to have the team members themselves announcing to the other team members that this is now the new type of, of meeting that you want to mm -hmm. do. But mm -hmm. you might want to even give that space away. In mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I have written down uh, a few things and I think the first what we have seen is really that first of all understanding that if you that understanding yourself that you have this yeah. need of controls. So a second step is okay but what would be the worst case that can happen? What what is this unsafe place that is just a conceptual very fluffy place somewhere mm -hmm. and you realize there is actually no real worst case. You know I yeah. mean it's not like I will lose my job and it will be a total mm -hmm. disaster. It's not. And I'm sure that for many listeners, it's exactly the same when they really mm -hmm. ask themselves, what would be the worst case if I let go of control of this? What is it? Will we miss a deadline? Maybe, but am I sure of that? No, you're not. How can you be sure mm -hmm. of that? So mm -hmm. let's try that out. And then the third thing is really like, okay, worst case scenario accepted, commitment made to letting go of that control and giving the space to others. And by this, the people will certainly embrace much more 
you being their leader in an, on an at interim level because they see mm -hmm. that you give them the platform to evolve around their topics as mm -hmm. experts, you value them as experts. That was probably what was missing. Mm -hmm. And this is how you can transition then also from managing tasks, which are not even oh. the ones that you are the most related to, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of leading the people, like you're saying, accompanying them in what they have to do. And that is mm -hmm. exactly what you wanted to have in the beginning. Mm -hmm. What do you feel about these takeaways? You know, I feel really good about those, Ulrike, and I believe that all these takeaways you've just listed are going to be very, very helpful, not only for, for my at interim team to eventually feel more comfortable and less controlled, which obviously is one of the goals I intended with uh, bringing up this topic into our conversation. Uh, but most importantly, it will make me feel more comfortable with my role and me becoming this leader I envision myself to be at the end of the day, right? Because this is something I, I, I you know, I preach about it. I'm, I'm always the one saying, I want to be a leader. I'm not a manager. I'll, you know, be a child, be free, let people grow, uh, support them whatsoever. And then at the end of the day, I find myself not to be that person, uh, which I want to become now, definitely. And yeah. having the first um, tasks lined up, I, I have a start to finding my way on how to how to reach that goal. Yeah. And it all starts with leading self. You know, it all yeah. starts with admitting that you have this need for control. It might not sound very attractive, but that's it. It is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think we just have to admit why we're doing that. And then only you can overcome it and do what you really want to do and be the leader that you really want to be. Yeah. Very true. Wise words. Yeah, thank you, Birgit, for being so open on this this very personal topic, this very personal piece of change, because it's a personal change. Yeah. And yeah, and I thank also the audience for tuning into Leading Change Conversations today. And I hope that you found our discussion inspiring and informative. I surely did and really enjoyed the time we had with Birgit. So if you enjoyed it, remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Plus sign up for our newsletter to access our practical transformation roadmaps on a regular basis. And if you want to improve your own skills or leading change on communicating more effectively, check out my courses for individuals on my website. And last but not least, if you want to become a guest on our show, just go on my website, leadingchangeconversations.com and pick a slot of your choice in my calendar to discuss possibilities. So I'm surely looking forward to getting to know you. And until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and making a difference. Thank you very much.